Welcome to the Small Fictions Podcast. Every week, three aspiring, slash, totally shit writers create short stories and send them to an English teacher for grading. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Alex, and Elliot. I went to the, this is so, this is so not a, an interesting story, but um, it was really embarrassing. I went I was in the supermarket the other day and I picked up, uh, a, you know, those boxes of pasta, like spaghetti and they come in a box, not a bag. Yeah. Picked it up, put it in the trolley kind of vertically to fit it into the nice Tetris slot. And then the glue on the end of the box failed and <laughs> every <laughs> fucking bit of spaghetti came out and it, and went through the trolley. Oh yeah, of course it did. <laughs> and it made... <laughs> Like it went from like a, a packet like of this much spaghetti ended up the most insane size of a pile. <laughs> like it was basically like a speed hump underneath the trolley. You gotta be careful these days, mate. <laughs> you have got to be careful, yeah. You gotta be careful. Getting old. I picked up a um two bottles of uh was it apple apple tizer. You know, it's got like a little cardboard grip at the top. When I was in the shop, I just picked it up from the cardboard grip. It's got a little little Oh, know, the holes them. Yeah, yeah, so I picked it, it up more along, and then the bottle just clean out, came out the bottom. Clean fell out. Uh, it didn't smash on the floor. A little chip came out, but it didn't explode everywhere. But I was like, well, fucking hell, like, what, what am I meant to do? You've got a little cardboard handle there, and it's not fit for purpose. It, nearly could, no. it could be much worse. Did you say it could have killed me to the to the 17-year-old? Yeah, I was going to sue Tesco's about it, yeah. And I'm yeah. not happy about this. <laughs> nearly cut my, my shins, but it didn't smash, so it was all right. Did you buy it? Yeah. That's nice. Well, both of our stories ended pretty peacefully. Really bleak. Kind Convoy of, got yeah. a bucket. You got your appetizer. My appetizer. Have you dropped appetizer. anything else? Uh, no, I've been to the supermarket quite a lot recently and like everything's just gone in the trolley as normal. It's <laughs> normal. Well, yeah, stay yeah. safe out there, mate. You never know. Uh, mate. You, you pick something up and then whoosh, it just all goes all yeah. over the floor. I think I'm, I'm using proper technique. That's it. Oh, right. <laughs> Um, quick question for you. If Bum Chin was going to be made into a Netflix series, mm. who would play Bum Chin? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, someone who's completely ambivalent, oblivious. Um, I don't know. What about that big Irish guy? Um, what's his name? <laughs> Conor McGregor. No, um, the actor. Like um, he was in uh, in Bruges. Oh, uh, uh, Gleason, Bre- yeah, Brendan Gleason. Yeah. I think because he'd play it quite deadpan. I think he's got quite a good like comedic style. I think yeah. If he made his hair he... black, I think that's a good choice. Or Russell Crowe. Probably oh, Russell Crowe. Now you're talking. Maybe, but I mean, he did. He well, he wasn't a pirate. He was a, um, he was a captain, wasn't he? So it'd be like the flip side. Of it. So he's got experience. But he played that very serious. It was quite. That was very serious. Yeah, he was Gideon it? Jennings in the film that he did, and no one went to see it. <laughs> well, Master and Commander is one of the all-time. It's a classic movie. Yeah. No, no, it's... no one went to see that. It's got a terrible gross, isn't it? Probably, oh, I don't know about but it. Since, but it's considered then, one of the greats, isn't it? It's considered it a really good film. Considered one of the most like true to form. It um, depends who you ask, doesn't it? Like some people think it's absolutely toilet. In fact, most people because no one went to see it. Let's have a look. Yeah, there's a lot Master of films that, that 
bombed at the Commander. box and then have since done well. Oh, okay. We've got Mr. Teacher in the waiting room. I'm going to admit him. Far side of the world. Oh, okay. So it cost 150 million to make it. It made 93 million. Oh, there you go. There you go. It bombed. Bombed. Oh, here he is. Is he in straight with, with audio? I think I might be. Oh, my God. I can hear you and everything. Ooh, he's got oh, it right excellent. first time. Okay. Hey. Right. So what's going on? First of all, you weren't in this room last week. And second of all, you've now got, what? what is that? Books or DVDs or something behind you? Uh, it's DVDs. We've had a bit of a rejig in the office. You still watch DVDs? No. That's <laughs> just where you keep them. Well, why not? They don't take up much room. I watch no. DVDs. I'm watching watch Dragon Ball DVDs. Z at the moment. Superb. Really? Yeah. You ever watch it? It's on. It's on iPlayer. Uh, Dragon Ball Super as well. But why do you watch it on DVD? Yeah, because I, I had the whole box collection for like a Christmas gift. So. Oh. Just just working through it. Yeah, Jack likes it. Um, okay, so Mr. Teacher, uh, I'm going to admit our special guest this week. His name's Chris. He's a real-life Geordie. Ooh. I'm excited. You, you haven't met him yet. <laughs> yeah, real I'm excited. Geordie. Yeah, <laughs> an actual real one. He's kindly um, helping us out with a character. Here yeah, he that's... Is. That's great. Oh my God, there he well, is. Hey. Can you hear us yeah, okay, Chris? Chris? Loud and clear. How are you, fellas? All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah not bad. Not, no, bad, good. Mate, not bad. Thanks for joining us tonight, Chris. Um, so, Chris, I know you, you know um, all of us apart from Mr. Teacher. Um, and I know his name is, I'm not going to say it because I have to beep it out, but we have to call him Mr. Teacher. Um, Mr. Teacher, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, Chris. I'm very, very excited to hear uh, someone with a genuine accent that I've been trying to impersonate for some time. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be on with the uh, the three cornerstones of shit stories. There's <laughs> <laughs> a sort of a friend of the show. <laughs> well, Welcome. they're not all shit, are they? <laughs> I think they're mostly shit. Yeah, they mostly are, shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the I USP. The, I thought the fact that there was shit was kind of the point. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think we say it in the opening titles, don't we? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's good yeah. shit. It's good shit, yeah. Um, all right, so the plan tonight is uh, Elliot has written a script, an epic script of what? how many words, Elliot? 2,000 words it's or something? A little bit over 2,000. This was my original plagiarism story, and then I just it was just far too complicated to ever fit into, like, you know, sort of the five 600 words that we usually try and stick to. Um, but I just went with it anyway because I was really enjoying writing it. So... Um, um yeah just thought we'd all kind of read it so color-coded everyone's dialogue so the idea is mr teacher if you can basically continue your role as the narrator but then any of the colored dialogue um will do will do the voices for can i just immediately appreciate uh, as a teacher the the highlighting that's gone on here it's very it's very good uh, I mean, this this could be terrible, and I mean, if this is total shit, obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna air it. So just I'm gonna say that well, up front. You've you've got to air it if, it if it's total shit. Hang on, everything we do is I total mean, our, shit. Our production quality is not you know <clears throat> particularly high, so I'd say how it's shit. how um how brutal can we be, Elliot? Because I mean, I, I've read I've literally I've read, just read the first sentence, and 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 that is it is drivel. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Alex and Raya thought it was gold. 
Right. So, well, okay. I mean, well, gold is a strong, strong word. Of mouth there. Yeah. Those were your words, Alex. Um, I mean, yeah, you can you can give us your uh, input at the end if you like. It's. Uh, uh, I mean that that is that is kind of my role on this podcast. Well, yeah, of course, yes. of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fully you're fine. You're yeah. fine. I mean, the, the, obviously, the I mean, the thing is with these stories is that they are they've been written. They're short stories, right? Yeah. Whereas here, you've written a mini dissertation, and if I absolutely slate it at the end of that, I mean, it, I, I just worry about the the potential consequences of that. So no, no you... consequences. Basically, I just wanted to bring together a, like a feel good story that involved multi, like you know multiple characters. Fine. Okay. Chris, Chris has got um Chris is here to read Tommy Jenkins. Um he he appeared in story number eight about the crime club. Yeah, so Chris uh, Chris did a great rendition of that. So we thought let's let's get him back involved for Tommy Jenkins. It's a key role in this. So okay, you're narrator, aren't you, Mr. Teacher? Uh yeah. And I yep. I'm I'm played two. Okay, I've got two parts, right? Yeah. And Alex has got two parts. <laughs> hmm. Mandy Faster, who's that? Doug's wife. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. Mandy Faster. Well, I wanted to, I thought I'd give both of you an Australian. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's um, an easy accent to do. I'll give it a, <laughs> give it a go. That's South African. South Is African. it? I don't know. Yeah. Mate. I, I'll, I'm sure I'll find it eventually. It's there. So it's like, g'day, g'day, g'day. Uh, this could be the most cringe thing we've ever done, by the way. Yeah. Um, well. And it might hurt to even think of the memory in the future. So. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there before we start. Sure. Okay. Good shout. Special bonus story. The Quest for the Golden Chode. Chapter One. Kane Fudgemeister made his peace with the inevitable and waited for oblivion inside the collapsing fart-filled bubble universe of his own making. Then the uninevitable happened. An older version of himself appeared before him with an outstretched hand and said in a deep Austrian accent for some reason, Come with me if you want to survive. He grabbed his hand and immediately found himself in a dirty but futuristic bar where his future self told him of a mythical artefact that potentially had the power to reverse the collapse of reality. The two big problems were that the artefact wasn't on Earth and the owner would be unwilling to part with it. Kane would have to steal it. They quickly found a starship captain able to provide the necessary transport for a cost. The man's scruffy appearance, thick Australian drawl, and the way he gave no fucks caused younger Kane to doubt his competence, but older Kane didn't seem worried. Time travel, Captain Farster mused. That's a Drongo's game. I'll do it, but it'll cost you extra. They agreed on a price of 17,000-somethings just as a large woman in a dirty singlet approached. Ah, here's my wife. She stubbed her toe on the base of the table before she could sit down and let out a warbled scream. <laughs> Easy, Mandy. Faster cried. Go get the ship ready, will ya? We may be gone a couple of weeks, so don't forget my spare pair of undies. Older Kane looked at his younger self uncomfortably. I can go no further. Assemble your team and recover the artifact. The universe is counting on you. But how do I move through time? I've only ever been able to send farts back. You must find the answers for yourself, as I did. Good luck. He vanished to the sound of a wet fart. 
After waiting too long at the dock for a delivery of beer and Tim Tam provisions, they finally got underway. Faster turned to his passenger. How's this time travel gubbins work then? I don't know. He quickly explained the limitations of his abilities. Mandy scratched her ass while pondering the situation before belching in triumph. The hyperdrive basically tears space-time every time we use it. If we hook it up to this guy's ass, <laughs> then we've got ourselves a time machine. Bonza! <laughs> Doug looked surprised, having forgotten that Mandy held a PhD in temporal mechanics. She disappeared into the back, returning moments later with a toolkit, a piece of hose and wearing an elbow-length glove used by farmers whilst helping their livestock give birth. Right out, this won't hurt a bit. <laughs> she laughed. Doug laughed. Kane didn't. After a generous helping of goulash and with the hyperdrive painfully hooked up and running at full power, he tried to picture in his mind the most prominent expert on the artefact. He let out a fart and the ship vanished. Chapter two. The pickle thief danced along the rooftops of the mountaintop fishing village, stealing penises with reckless abandon. He sang as he went. Pickles, 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 pickles are me tipples. He soared, he snipped, he danced and he sang. He'd never felt so alive. It made the harsh feeling of being suddenly stuffed into a potato sack all the more shocking. Oh, the night goes fickle for Mr Gherkin and his quest feather pickle. Fuck you know. That's your line, right? Shut up! Shouted a gruff Australian but he continued in his sing-song voice. Oh, it's time for the sickle for the king of the pickle. Fucking hell, I said shut the fuck up. Doug Faster kicked the pickle thief through the sack. A few minutes later, they dumped him in the back room of Doug's ship, the two men and Mandy standing over him. Kane introduced the team before getting to the matter at hand. We're looking for an expert on an artefact that could save the universe. John Thomas Gherkin, at your service. <laughs> when Kane and Doug are fast asleep. Then I'll go to snip their meat. Ah, this drongo's winding me up. When Doug and Kane retire to bed, I'll snip it good from shaft to head. <laughs> Mr Gherkin, why do you talk like that? Well, me ma was a pixie, me pa was a cunt. Doug looked angry. This is a waste of time. Let's cut this freak show loose. Gherkin changed his tone. Ah, oh, it'll be the golden chode of Cronus you be looking for been searching all my life. He explained the myth and what it could do, and it sounded to the others that, despite first impressions, they had found the expert they were looking for. Having secured the services of Mr Gherkin, Kane shoveled down some chilli and plugged into the hyperdrive to move on to their next recruit. They needed a man of low morals who could fight his way out of tricky situations. He tried to think of Steven Seagal, but the machine was fickle and he missed. Chapter three. Oh, sounds like suicide, matey. Mused Captain Theodore Bumchin as he played with his ball bag from the quarterdeck of his ship. All I can do is point ye rudder towards me nemesis. Captain Gideon Jennings, he'll be your man. Kane replied. We tried Captain Jennings first, but he blasted into a massive monologue about heaven and hell without giving us an answer. So we came here. Will you join us? Mm -hmm. He cried. Arr, arr, arr. His crew echoed. Arr, 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 arr. 
Um, excuse me. Kane interrupted. How long is this nonsense going to go on for? That's a good question, Elliot. Uh, we've got a universe to save. He had noticed that Gherkin had disappeared below decks whilst they had been talking. He now appeared beside them with a full satchel. Kane knew they would have to leave soon if they were to leave at all. With a thoughtful look, the old sea captain said, Aye, let's go. He handed the ship over to his, first, his new first mate, Shiny Butt, and boarded the spaceship. They fired up the hyperdrive and a lambooner. They had only one more expert to recruit. Chapter four. Kane thought, in retrospect, he should have staked out their last target alone. When it came to keeping a low profile, a pair of dirty Australian space mercenaries, a willy-slapping pirate, and an eccentric half-pixie dick thief left a lot <laughs> to be desired. They originally tried to get a table where they knew he would soon be, but it was Valentine's Day, which in Newcastle meant that Greg's had been fully booked for months, so they had to wait outside for their man to show up. Sorry, Chris. Offensive. Oh, that be your man. Bumsin said, waving his hat in the direction of a young couple in matching tracksuits heading towards the front door. Kane stepped out. Mr. Tummy Jenkins, can I have a word with you, please? Tummy, convinced that the fuzz were on to him, shoved his missus into Kane like fucking launched her, then turned and ran straight into the bulbous belly of their enormous pirate and fell back on his ass. Within an instant, a strange giggling creature had jumped on his chest, brandishing a small knife. All right, Tommy cried and put his hands up. This was the strangest undercover police unit he'd ever seen. How would you find me like? Faster replied. Found some soft cock mates of yours chucking shopping trolleys in the canal and they dobbed you in. The group pulled him into the alley. Then the sane looking one spoke again. Mr. Jenkins, we need your help to stop the universe imploding and we need a master thief. Will you help us? How do we like, this is some shite entrapment here, pet. We're very serious. We need you to steal a mythical chode of immense power. How are you, man? I'm in my best tranny bottoms. Got a romantic meet, meet with me best lass. Help us and I'll buy you a new tracky bottoms and a Greg's gift card. Aye, aye. I'm in. Back aboard the ship and with the team assembled, Doug asked where they were going next. Kane thought for a few moments trying to picture their destination. He opened his eyes. Set course for Enceladus. Chapter four. Haven't we just had chapter four? Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, um, this is so professional. I've noticed I'm just scrolling down. The next one is called Chapter 5. So I think I will call this Chapter 4B. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chapter 4B. The ship came out of hyperspace far too close to Saturn's rings. Doug shouted. Iceberg, right ahead. Collision alarms filled the cockpit. Doug pulled the ship into a 9.1G turn and his scrotum satisfyingly flattened into his weak old underpants. Mandy screamed from the bog, causing him to level out hard. Through her expletives, he heard a wet slap of excrement hit the ceiling, followed by a smashing sound as the porcelain shattered under the momentum of Mandy's arse. <laughs> Ignoring his beloved wife, he gestured to the viewport. Enchiladas. Bumchin writes himself after ending up headfirst in the overflowing laundry basket and threw his book at Doug's head and cackled. Doug clenched his fists. Why do we need this fuckstick on the team? Kane tried to calm the situation. Well, aside from being a pirate, we may need his dick-punching skills. 
I can punch people in the dick as well as that overgrown wombat. Nay, Bumjin said. And what makes ye so qualified? Mate, I'm Australian. Kane once again tried to take control. Forget it. We need to fire up the hyperdrive again. We're in the right place, but not the right time. He brushed off the hose, undid his trousers, and warmed up some cabbage soup. Chapter 5. An abrupt fart signalled the arrival into the 23rd century. Kane laid out the plan. We land, find out where the chode is. Bumchin and I will cause a diversion while the thieves slip in and grab the chode. Doug and Mandy will keep the ship ready for a hasty retreat. All agreed? Arr. mate. After a quick training montage, they were ready, so Doug took the ship down. Bumchin took the co-pilot seat. Arr, I can steer any ship with sails. He grabbed the controls. Alarms rang as they veered off course. Fucking hell, mate. This ship doesn't have sails. Let go. He didn't let go. Doug wrestling the stick only served to put them into a spin. Everyone panicked. Some stopped panicking long enough to shit themselves, but then went right back to full panic again. They crashed into the thin ice sheets and everyone was thrown across the cabin. Pasties, Tim Tams and soiled undies flying everywhere. A vicious, sauce-like liquid began flooding in for a breach in the hull. The sauce was brown. Before long, they were swimming in the sauce. It was everywhere, up their noses, their butt cracks, and over their chins and elbows. It covered their heads, their shoulders, their knees, and their perineums. Mandy sealed the <laughs> breach, but they all had ingested a lot of the sauce. Kane felt a tingling in his nether region as soon as the sauce touched his lips. The only thing stranger was the look on shock on everyone's faces as they stared at his crotch. He looked down himself. A golden glow emanated from his junk, and a revelation hit him. He had been carrying the golden chode all this time. It just needed the source to release its power. Nice rager, Doug said. What a weird pet. That's champion. You're going to save the universe. No. Kane could see clearly now. He had so much power, he didn't need to stop the implosion. He could survive the death of time and build a new universe. He was a god, and no one could stop him. The others all huddled together, witnessing Kane transform into an omnipotent prick and decided they had to do something. Mandy pulled them in. We, we gotta swipe that child. Before she could stop him, Gherkin danced across the deck with his knife, but was struck by golden lightning from Kane's bell end and thrown against the bulkhead, landing in a puddle of sauce. Nah, Muppet, we gotta work as a team. They formed a plan quickly before Kane got too powerful. Tommy Jenkins shot out in front of Kane. Oi! Wazek, what do you think of this? He flipped his knob out of his tracky bottoms, or else he would have done it if he had one. The surprised Jenkins shot a, lot of, a look of horror at the pickle thief, who could only give a coy smile in response. Where had this happened? The shock had the desired effect on Kane, though. He was proper distracted. Mandy threw Bumchin across the deck towards Kane in the microgravity and punched him square in the chode though he was flung back by golden lightning and ended up upside down with his head in the laundry basket. Kane doubled over in pain. Now came the pickle thief. He jumped on Kane with his knife, trying to separate the chode from Kane and remove his power. They wrestled in the sauce for several seconds, sauce splattering everywhere. In the kerfuffle, someone opened an outer door and the pair rolled out into the lake of sauce. Doug ran for the controls and took off. Crikey, 
he said, cried, looking at the view screen and seeing the golden flow, glow flowing through the source lakes under the ice all over the moon. Mandy scratched her ass, indicating an idea was forming. He ought to prick love. It should reset the universe. Arr, what about Gherkin? How do we? He cut me knob off. Fuck him. <laughs> Bumchin and Doug both felt their crotch and realised their penises were also gone. Bloody bastard. Doug cried. He launched 15 1,000 megaton plasma bombs at the moon, which basically fucked everything. Crikey, let's get out of here. Aye, aye. What about the chord like? Doug flicked down his sunglasses. Where we're going, we don't need chodes. <laughs> oh, credit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, I feel like I was part of a war crime. What a journey. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a fun war crime. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a first for me. I've never done a radio play before. Yeah. It's real Radio 4 stuff. I think it went all right. I yeah. mean, I did originally wrote that more for Ryan and Alex than uh, than general consumption. But Oh, my God, it's grading time. So uh, do you want to give us your scathing review then? Yeah, to... yeah. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> I'm going to slam the door. <laughs> I'm just going to walk out, slam the door. Yeah, I mean, not not only is it awful, but uh, my my children have probably been listening outside of the uh, outside of the door, uh, which I'm, I'm aware is not, is not the fault of the author, but I'm still going to blame you. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you had headphones in. Well, I do, but he's still hearing me. He's you know, he's he's hearing me, you know, talk about dicks being thrown everywhere and. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems kids back years, all mate. The, all the C bombs and F bombs were in the dialogue rather than, but yeah, I, I... no, that that's true. That is true. Uh, okay, that that will raise it to an E minus. <laughs> oh, hey. It's pretty generous. Wow. E minus on the board. Yeah, wow. it's it's also massively self indulgent, right? This is all of our. This is yeah, st- yeah. That's yeah. that's why I said like when I when I knew it was too long, I wrote it as a kind of I only wrote it for the three of us really, like. Yeah. Which is probably why the three of us like it and nobody else does. Yeah, we, we think it's genius, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> all three of us. Yeah. Well, I'll just I'll just say that as somebody that has listened to some of the previous material, it was nice to see those characters come together in a kind of Avengers yeah. style. Yeah. There you go. It makes it all worth it. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, um, we had um we had like a recruitment sort of scenario going on gathering the experts yeah like oceans fields. 11 wasn't it that going yeah, around getting a bit of oceans 11 bit of indiana jones yeah um yeah teed up a, a potential sequel there as well yeah. so i wanted He's more tommy jenkins though he was he was underused like well i, I should have i should have really did a little bit of uh a, a slight rehearsal because i don't think i got this i didn't i, I couldn't remember how to go straight into the super dumb one <laughs> so, so i played him i played him probably quite smart as one of the smarter group of the uh, crime club, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was wonderful. No, I think your reading was good. All right. So the the grade, I mean, this is the grade is irrelevant, but it's good to know anyway. E, e minus, did you say? Minus. E minus. I'm I'm sticking with it. Uh, 
there are there there's some very nice I'm, I'm a big fan of dialogue as you all know uh and so i think um i think the exchanges between mandy and the husband i can't what's the husband's name doug doug i think those those are enjoy those are, are very enjoyable um and i'm also a big fan of uh chris what's your character Bum Tommy Jenkins. Tommy, Tommy Jenkins. Jenkins, is it? Tommy, Tommy Jenkins. Yeah. I quite like him. How was the um how was the kind of the, the language on the page for Geordie? Did it read, did it do uh, look to you like, like uh, it should no, do? no, not really. I mean, uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if, the, if it's been the same author that, that, that's written all of the Geordie dialect, but the but yeah, there's there is a kind of uh, a habit of chucking random pets and YIs in, in, in unusual places in a sentence. So uh, yeah, it's it's difficult to make it. Lower as a natural thick Geordie might, might might see that sort of thing. Right. So not only is the target of the joke offensive, the also the also the language you every single word is offensive. Every, everything's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You covered all the bases. Uh, well, that was wonderful. Um, so yeah, very that's enjoyable. A, this might be our, with our. This is definitely our first bonus episode, but yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do a second. We'll see how it goes. No. I mean, the thing is, right? Like, both both of these guys, they've they've come on previous weeks and gone, "Oh, I wrote like three stories, but you know, I I, I abandoned two because they were rubbish." Mm. I just didn't abandon my rubbish one. Which obviously, <laughs> probably should have done, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of went with it and rolled with it and then finished it and then so uh, yeah, that's uh -huh. I suppose that's what happens when you actually push it through to its conclusion appreciate the effort and um yeah, yeah. absolutely it's still very enjoyable and um i think and if the pickle thief makes any returns i think elliot you need to read it yeah uh, yeah you looked like yeah, you did a very good job rendering of the pickle thief yeah i thought it was excellent I, I i'd never thought of um the pickle thief as irish before but there's definitely a hint of uh of irish creeping into your interpretation which was which was uh very welcome do you know the pickle thief coming back was chris's idea um he messaged we had a couple of messages early on and he said oh, i wouldn't mind finding out what his motivation was in a prequel story <laughs> i was interested in a bit of backstory there yeah well so they, that's they, how they, i wrote the sequel I mean, <laughs> if, if from now have been given a voice you know that, that universe for me um, has to. I don't, I'm not sure how many fans of this show they are, but I think I speak for a large part of the demographic at this stage. Um, and yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that universe expand further, personally. Yeah. Good. Well, Good. If, if how much has he paid you? Develop the, uh, <laughs> the pickle thief a little bit more. Here. Oh, not necessarily just the pickle thief, but I just, you know, an, an, an end game to follow follow on from the yeah. uh, uh, one that came before end game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly <laughs> concerned because when I'm reading, I, I'm not like sort of fully digesting it. Have we got more? Do we understand more about the pickle chief and uh, pickle chief, pickle thief, and his <laughs> pickle chief? This is dad as his boss. Have I have I missed something? Have well, we, he we... he said he's been searching for the golden chode all his life, so that might give him some motivation as to why he's going around hunting what? penises and chopping okay. penises. <laughs> but what? Right, but why is he hunting for the for the for the golden chose? Because it's a really powerful. It's like a. It's like with the um what the the MacGubbins in um in in Avengers, you know the stones. They're really power. It's a really powerful object that can give him power. Right. So it's like a magical object kind of thing. So he's he's that's what he's hunting. 
Okay, so he's he's, he's just in it for the power. He, do, well, he doesn't. Yeah, he I mean, do, he's in it he for doesn't want, uh, I, I thought he he just wanted a whole load of dicks. Yeah, he just wants to fill his sack with. I think he, yeah. he does that as well, but he's kind of you know he's he's heard about the the this mythical chode. Um, mm. And then he started cutting off penises, but now he just does it because he loves the penises, loves cutting off penises. Well, I was I was about to say that that is there is a a moral here, isn't there? Because with if the pickle thief starts out with this intention to rule the world and desire power, actually, what he what he then comes to realise is that it's the joy of living in the moment and just enjoying dick um, <laughs> that that is 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 really what life is all about. Yeah. So bearing that in mind, is, is that an A star now? I don't think that uh, that's ever fully <laughs> realised. I think that's a, an interpretation that um, that some viewers might 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 come to uh, gather. But it's, it's, war- it's warming on me. I, I mean, I don't want to say that the pickle thief is warming on me anymore. I think he's already the standout character for me in, in the series. But then... Um, you heard it here first, guys. That's going to piss those guys off so much, Mr. Teacher. Right. Can I just tell you something that uh, oh, you, you might already know? Uh, so at Christmas time, I sent both Alex and Elliot a framed print of Mr. of the Pickle Thief story number one, um, which I think pissed them both off. Uh, yeah. Elliot's book got put his up in his cupboard, but Alex <laughs> has actually displayed his in the downstairs bathroom. In the downstairs toilet, yeah. It raises a few <laughs> eyebrows when we have people around. <laughs> <laughs> If they think I wrote it, because <laughs> it doesn't say by Ryan at the top. <laughs> yeah, I left my name off it. <laughs> people ask me, what's that about, mate? Why are you writing stories about people chopping off um, penises? <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I didn't write it. My mate did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've got a little bit of sympathy now for him, because obviously his dad was a cunt. Um, <laughs> but also, I understand his sort of whimsical fun side that he gets from his, from his, from his sort of um, maternal heritage. That's I think that's where he's where he's got his kind of his, his sing song dancey side. But obviously, he's probably been severely abused in some sort of way, which has left him mm. left him angry towards the penis. So perhaps that's part of his motivation for ensuring that there are no penises, so he can't be possibly bum raped in the future, or <laughs> could, could be yeah. part of it. That's really reading between the lines see, you, there. You could write a whole like uh, an English if you're doing like a, an English degree, you could choose choose this work and you know write your dissertation on it. Yeah, maybe like long term, it's a it's a it's a huge redemption story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it got me thinking. Yeah, you're my co-writer for the Pickle Thief, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. I think that I'm so blown away by how much column inches the pickle thief has got since episode three. Like most of them bad, but still definitely the most amount of column inches. And um, by the way, Mr. Teacher, uh, that that's really encouraged me. So the end of term um, party or awards show, we're going to have an end of term award show at the end of this season. And we might have to give you some homework um, as to who you think is the best character of the series, best one liner stuff like that and we want to give, okay. some, give some awards away so it sounds like pickle thief is in the front running for that already which i'm very pleased about yeah there's a few others that are up there i might have to revisit them i feel like i need to re i think i said this last week or before i need to, i feel like i need to revisit them anyway because uh which you should always do i think uh because when you're first reading them you you have a certain reaction to them and it's it's largely um yeah just a 
just a kind of a yeah an, an immediate thought but then actually returning to them when you're older wiser uh can often yeah bring about some different responses so i'd like yeah. to i understand also there's a, a slight a slight bit of um uh frustration with some of my grading and so i'd, I'd like to go back and and give each one it's a fair hearing but that's okay. um that all adds to the to the drama of the show so you know that's that's a good thing but yeah, I, I was listening to um, uh, week three. I was listening back to that. And I, I think after you read mine, because that was the one where Ryan confused confused the whole thing, whether it, it was whales or octopuses or whatever. And you and you said, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to, I might, I should read that back tomorrow, but I probably won't. <laughs> no, um, I didn't. But yeah, no, that's. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Very, yeah. really appreciate the effort, guys. I'll um I'll stick this one out as a bonus episode in between episode eleven and episode twelve, and then next week we're going to be doing back to normal with homecoming. I think, Mister Teacher. Good stuff. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Small Fictions podcast. Email us with questions, stories of your own, or anything at all at smallfictions@gmail.com. At